Playfully, the podcast that talks with the most playful people and asks them how they got to be so playful. I'm Emily Cordy Straff. I'm so excited to talk with my guest today. She's a scientist, an artist, and an entrepreneur who has the passion for play and well being. Her social enterprise, which was developed in New Zealand and rooted from the Takanga Mari called Spinpoi, has been featured in the BBC World News. ABC News, TVNZ, Radio New Zealand, and Māori Television. She's received a number of awards for her discovery of the benefits of Spinpoi on physical and cognitive functioning. Please welcome Dr. Kate Regal Van West to the pod. Thank you so much. It's nice to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. Hey, would you say you're good at playing all the way? <laughs> down there in New Zealand. <laughs> Am I good at playing? No one's ever asked me that before. <laughs> um, I think I am good at playing because I really like learning and I've always enjoyed that process. I don't mind so much if I'm bad at something. So play is kind of like that. You're just like in the middle of it, not so goal focused. Um, doesn't matter if you make mistakes. And I just kind of naturally like that stuff. Nice. You must, do you like um, trying something new every time or like having your schedule or your life kind of um, a little bit varied on a regular basis? Yeah, varied is an understatement. <laughs> yeah, um, I do. Although I think some kind of routine and schedule is important, but uh, I love not having to stick to such regularity. And I love trying new things because when you're trying something new, you learn really fast. And so you feel like you're awesome at it because <laughs> you've never done it before, right? So the learning curve is different. And then when you get into more like intermediate expert level, the pace of acquiring new bits gets slower. But at the beginning, you're like, whoa, I just learned the basics of this. Like immediately, I feel amazing. So I like doing new stuff all the time. That's so interesting. I always, I sort of, I don't know if I have that same perspective. I always feel ridiculous when I'm learning something new. And I feel like I'm, you know, dumb or all of the stuff comes up about how ashamed I am or anything like that. So that's interesting, though. I, I feel like that's also another way of tackling something new. Yeah, I feel like both are true. And it depends, I think, on where you are, who's around you. You know, if you're in an environment where, like, everyone knows what they're doing and you don't know what you're doing, that mm -hmm. can feel really bad. But if you're with other people who are learning or a friend or by yourself or something, yeah. I always feel I have, like, a huge sense of accomplishment because you can normally make it somewhere if you're trying something that's pretty new to you 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 normally make a good amount of progress right off the bat and like I like that feeling yeah yeah me too is there someone in your past that you learned to play from or who you think of when you think of playing as a child hmm I wasn't well <laughs> was I am an only child <laughs> it was like I'm not alive anymore uh yeah I was an only child and 
I never had any problems like entertaining myself. So I think maybe that was part of it. I was mm-hmm. always amidst the imaginary world or with my stuffed animals or out in the backyard or whatever, just doing my thing. And I think another few influences from an early age would have to be my circus coach and also my PE teacher, same person, Dr. Tom Romance, because um, he was a very playful and intelligent dude. And he ran the youth circus at my school. And that circus was all about play, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just his attitude toward life, collaboration, trying new things, um, performing, not being worried about you know, there's so many life lessons in circus. As any circus person knows, the the motto for our circus was style and smile. So even if you do a trick and you fall on your face, it's like you just pick yourself up, style and smile <laughs> onto the next. So I learned a lot from from him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh that's interesting. I I love his name. And I had Jessica Hintoff, a circus artist, and um, she is, she started Circus Harmony here in St. Louis, Missouri. And she is, um, my daughter, I have a 17 year old daughter and she is her circus coach. And I had her on the pod recently or a couple of weeks ago and she was incredible, but I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of showmanship that goes into um, teaching circus and knowing circus and like that's that's who she kind of embodies so much of you know so that's awesome I love circus huge huge advocate for circus arts is there circus arts where you are yes tons of it I'm in Auckland New Zealand by the way for folks that don't know yeah wow I I love to hear how you made it there because that's not where you're from right you're from the state no I'm yeah, I'm from a small town called Normal, Illinois. <laughs> oh, that's right. Craig Quant told me that. That's right. And I'm exactly <laughs> where that is. I'm from Highland, Illinois. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's great. So um, are your folks still around here in Normal, Illinois? I, my, my folks are still in the U.S. They're not in Normal anymore, but they're still on that side of the world. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, so I got to ask, what is Spinpoy? Spinpoy is the company that I founded out of my PhD research studying the effects of poi, which is a, we can talk more about that, but it's a ball and a cord that you spin in circles, uh, studying the effects of that on physical and cognitive function. And Spinpoy spawned out of that research. And we specialize in working with poi as a therapeutic tool to help people of all ages and all abilities um, feel good. <laughs> is poi and spin poi similar? Yeah, so poi is the tool itself, so the activity, mm-hmm. and it started here in New Zealand. And spin poi is the name of my company, and so we work with poi, uh, yeah, specifically as a tool to improve quality of life and well-being. Uh-huh. Ah, interesting. Um, I did see a couple of um, videos of you um, and teaching the spinpoi, um, how to do it and and stuff, which is really interesting. And I know I've definitely seen it um, 
like during like fire dance. I used to live in Maui. Um, so I feel like that's a sort of a Polynesian kind of um, esque art, you know, of um, fire dancing and spinning something at the end of a, a rope or something like that was, uh, that's what it looks like to me. Is that kind of how it started? Yeah, yeah. Poi is, is everywhere now across the globe. It originally started with um, the Maori people of New Zealand, the indigenous people here. Mm. Um, that was, that's the first record of Poi as, as we know it today, anyway. Um, and then it's spread across the globe. We don't really know exactly how or when, but now you see people doing all kinds of Poi everywhere. So the Poi that started here in New Zealand was... Um, you know, the object itself was originally made from natural materials, from plant materials, and it was a real storyteller of the culture. Um, the movements represented um, the words and were always accompanied by waiata or song. And now there's all kinds of different poi outside of this specific cultural context. So like what you were talking about, there's people doing fire poi and glow mm. poi and all kinds of things. And there, like, there's, even though there's no record of the evolution of it exactly. Um, everyone calls it poi, and poi is a Māori word. So we we do think that it all came from the yeah. original Māori poi of New Zealand. Yeah. yeah. Ah, that's so interesting how, um, you know, just um, sociologically how it all gets um, developed or, you know, started, and then also how, like, maybe just it's, a common interest of humans to, you know, want to, I don't know, spend things or something. Yeah, to play, or, right? Yeah, to play, for sure. That's <laughs> what we're all about. But I love the idea of it telling a story, too. That's really interesting. The way dance can tell a story really interestingly, you know. Yeah. Well, have you had a period where you've played too hard? That's interesting because I feel like if you're playing too hard, then it would become something that's not play mm -hmm. anymore. It will become work. Because <laughs> as soon as it's not fun, it's not play. <laughs> yeah. Is your work play? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no oh that's a hard question to answer the reason why I'm like taking so long is because it was mm -hmm. you know my work is with poi and poi was something that I did for play originally but now that it's my job right. it's shifted uh so even though the core activity is play I would say I'm not really engaging with it as play anymore. Yeah. Uh, even though the people that I'm teaching and the people around me might be, I have a different cap on when I'm yes. working with it. Yeah. And, and also, you know, being a, a business owners, kind of another element of that that's, and a researcher, right? Yeah. Mm. Although like, I guess to rescind that a little bit, I do think play is a state of mind and anything could be play. So I certainly think your work, your work could be play. I think anything could be. Um, but so maybe I should rephrase and say that I don't have a play state of mind often when I'm like doing my work with spin play. But I do sometimes, uh, certainly when I'm like making new stuff or 
actually, you know, working with people or, you know, there's, there's aspects of it. Yeah. Better. Well, you must like it because you've made it your whole life, right? I wouldn't say my whole life, but it's definitely a, a thing that I do that I, that I enjoy and that brings other people a lot of joy. So I'm here mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. <laughs> Get a style and smile, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, is play important? Yes, play is so important. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir, but it has such profound benefits, you know, physical, cognitive, social, emotional. There's so much research on play. Um, I think I came across Stuart Brown at quite a young age. He's one of the experts on play and just fell in love with his work, talking about how we see play across species, you know, not just humans, but animal play seems to be fundamental and I think it's really sad that play is pushed, often pushed by the wayside for grownups and seen as something that's not important because it's not true. It's so important. Yeah. I mean, when you say that you're preaching to the choir, I actually don't know that that's true. I think a lot of people don't. Uh, don't elementalize. That's not really a word, but if it were, you know, don't like really instate it into their lives as much as, you know. You know, like I would want it to be, or I have um, had it in the past, you know. I think, uh, you know, as we grow up, we gain more quote unquote responsibility, um, things that we must do, some of them which we actually must, some of them which we just think we must. And play just really drops down the list um, and doesn't become a priority anymore. So I think... um, you're right. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm talking to you. So when I said preaching to the choir, (laughs) but I should think about all the listeners out there um, who might be interested in this topic. Um, Yeah. We should think about reprioritizing it because it will make all those other things that are uh, necessary a lot easier because you'll be in a better state of mind and in better health. And it just has proven benefits in terms of productivity, creativity, all kinds of boosting the immune system, all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And that's what you found in your research with Spinpoi, right? Yeah, I did a, a clinical trial studying the effects of poi on you know, physical, cognitive, and social health for older adults. So these mm-hmm. were people 60 plus. And yeah, it showed that doing poi improved grip strength, the, the strength in your hands, balance, also the ability to sustain your attention. And then of course, the those are the quantitative results, but qualitatively, you know, people were commenting on all kinds of things. And I've seen that throughout. Um, I've been working with Poi in this space for over a decade and everybody always mentions the same kind of things and they're all related to play and flow state. Um, most of them are anyway. So like, you know, feeling like less self-conscious, like less stressed out. They feel, you know, improvements in coordination. They can feel it in their body, just connecting mind and body. Um, All the kind of classic elements of flow state, like, oh, I didn't realize a whole hour just went by. I feel like I was just five minutes, (laughs) you know, kind of losing sense of time, losing sense of self, uh, losing a self-consciousness, all those things that come with being immersed in play. Mm -hmm. And poi is a real gateway to that because you have this external object that you're trying to spin around and so your attention and focus is there uh and it just feels really fun to do so it's it's really natural 
I love that. Yeah. Well, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but what makes play fun? I think it's the focus on the moment and what you're doing instead of the end goal. Mm. Because when there's no end goal, you can't fail. You can't misstep, right? Mm. It's just about the experience of what you're doing. Uh, you don't have expectations. Um, you're not measuring yourself up to your goals or anybody else. And mm. I think all those things make something fun because it sheds all this um, responsibility and pressure that you put on yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think play connects you to others? Mm, certainly, certainly can. I mean, there's solo play, there's play with other people. In general, it probably does connect you in some way through the collective consciousness, no matter what kind of play you're doing. But I do think play definitely uh, levels the playing field. You know, when you're with other people, I've seen that all the time. And it creates a really safe space and way to connect with others. So I do a lot of group stuff with Poi as well. And, you know, is it, if you're just facing somebody and mirroring each other's movements with Poi, you've got all this amazing stuff going on with mirror neurons and synchronization. And then people are suddenly talking and laughing. I mean, it happens like immediately. You just pair people up, give them Poi, tell them one exercise. And suddenly it's like the room is erupting in laughter and connection. And I think, yeah, we're more and more individualistic and isolated these days. So those kinds of connections, I, I feel are more important than ever to feel part of something, part of community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's important. What are the uh, millions or the uh, places that you've um, done Spinpoy at? I'm just curious, like you said that you had done it with um, older individuals and um, yeah. So what are the populations have you found great um, benefits from? Yes. Every population that I've ever tried boy with has had great benefits, but some of the, so I have, I do have certified instructors working across five continents. So they're off, you know, working with all kinds of populations. Um, for me personally, some of my areas that I've spent more time or areas of expertise are, yeah, older adults at all levels of care from independently living to rest home, dementia, hospital, mm -hmm. um, also Parkinson's in particular is a really interesting space. Early childhood education. So I've done a lot of work from kids around four to seven. Mm. Um, a little bit around mental health and using POI as a tool for self-regulation. So working with some therapists there, thinking about POI more in terms of a, um, getting into a meditative state or helping to regulate emotions. Um, yeah, I'd say those are some of my kind of special populations that I've worked with frequently, but I have instructors working with all, you know, different kinds of people, uh, ADHD, uh, stroke. That's actually stroke is another one that I've done a considerable amount of work with. Um, yeah, everyone. Anyone, everyone. It, you know, I am, so you're training people. You train them usually, you have a training facility in New Zealand. Or something. I don't have a um a physical establishment, but yeah, mm -hmm. I host training training courses online and also in person sometimes. Like oh. last year, I was I set off across the globe and was doing training courses in a, um mm -hmm. in person, but often virtually. 
Yeah, the pandemic is no joke, you know. It's like, get me yeah. out. <laughs> wow. So um so you have people using it across five continents, you said. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm sure I'm sure more, but that's where my instructors are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, you know, I mean, I had spent some time in you know facilities with the unhoused and and I was just my my mind kind of lights up when I think about um you know because I'm an occupational therapist and you know we believe that through occupation we build health you know and and so often there's this um there's fewer things to to latch on to 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 do or the it takes too much focus or something like this. And I was just thinking like, you know, it could be something that um, individuals wouldn't even have to do and still gain focus from. It's almost, it's so mesmerizing when I've seen uh, poi being done or, you know, as I'm learning more and more about your craft, it is really incredible how kind of drawing it is visually and stimulating. Yeah. And I think it's kind of twofold. So there's, you know, your own personal practice with Poi and it is, it's totally mesmerizing. I mean, when I first picked it up, I didn't know how to do a thing right with it. I just picked it up, started spinning it in a circle and just that alone, I was like, whoa, (laughs) because it's got that rhythmic, it's, you know, it's rhythmic, it's repetitive, it's meditative, it's relaxing. um, It's fun visually, you know, you see it floating around you. It's stimulating the bilateral coordination. And uh, so it's got all these things going on. So for your own personal practice, you know, it's just awesome and you don't have to know much. You don't have to have much to do it. And you can make boy out of a sock and just get going. And then also, I think the second part about what spin boy does is, you know, training people and how to teach other people. boy. Mm-hmm. And I think that taps into a greater sense of purpose that a lot of people are searching for these days about, you know, how to give back in a meaningful way or how to add meaning to their life and what can they do and what can they contribute. And so SpinPoy is awesome for that too. I have a lot of people who are just um, in their communities, you know, wanting to add value, wanting to do something. So it could be like I had a lady who's retired and she's had two strokes and um, now she's teaching Poi to other people who have had a stroke in her community. So, you know, it could, could be anyone in the workforce or, or not. Um, that can engage with it for their personal practice and also as a tool to connect and give back to their community. Mm. I'm so inspired by it. It's so incredible. It's very <laughs> Yay. You know, what, I, what I've noticed um, throughout a lot of my uh, investigation or my, my, my interviews is, is how um, people engage and play in such uh, simple ways I hope that is not Mm. offensive in any way I just mean you know it doesn't have to be really complicated um with a ton of equipment or you know uh safety equipment or anything like that it can be really 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 basic yeah totally I mean there's this interesting depth of of knowledge and meaning behind poi as a Maori ponga or treasure, right? There's all the the whakapapa or the history of poi and everything that it means, tracing back to the beginning of time. But also 
toy is a weight on a cord that you spin in a circle. <laughs> and so um, even though it has all that depth, um, and I think you need that depth in order to engage with it in a particular way, anybody can um, do it in a, like you said, it, it can be quite simple and you can still feel a lot of profound benefits from it. And I think, honestly, the simple things seem to be the most profound ones. The, lo the longer, the more time I have on this earth and the more activities I engage with, it's like, the simpler it is, almost the more mind-blowing it is. And the more that I work with Poi, I find I'm getting s simpler and simpler in the quality of movement and what can be done with it. You know, like when I first started out, it felt very complex. And now it's like, how about you just swing this back and forth <laughs> and like, you know, to this beat and you're off. So yeah. I hear you. Right. I love that. Well, so... I'm going to say something kind of Zach Galifianakis style or The Shining. Okay. And I just want you to respond. Okay. All work and no play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the society that um, <laughs> I think we think we should live in. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. There's a, a lot of messages out there about hard work and the idea of this later dream. Whereas if you work hard now, then you can retire and right. then you can relax and play and do all the things. Uh, and it keeps people down, right? It keeps minimum wage jobs alive. And uh, I think it's backwards and that's why I'm, you know, doing what I'm doing. I hope I can serve as an example. And I'm not saying it's, um, it's easy. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes into surviving depending on, especially depending on your circumstances. Um, but I also think that that idea of all work and no play is really dangerous and pinning everything on the future feels a little bit bizarre to me because the present moment is all that we have. There is no guarantee that there is a future. And so I have seen so many people work their whole lives for this future date that never comes for one reason or another. Uh, and that's really no. so sad. <laughs> so it's I, I, I like to plan for the future and think about the future. But um, if you're not enjoying the moment, I, I, I don't know. I think it's sad. I think that's a little bit sad. You got to, everyone's in a different circumstance. I'm not trying to um, like belittle anybody, <laughs> but I say less work and more play potentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there is such a balance between what responsibilities you have already kind of put forth into your future. <laughs> yeah. So, you no, know, like I know parents, you know, have a lot of, sometimes of responsibilities and stuff, but um yeah um but even that sometimes i wonder if it could be simpler my own life mm -hmm. i know i have found that uh when i'm i'm not enjoying it and i feel like i have a lot of responsibilities if i like link it to the present and to having some joyful experiences in the present then um the the future obligations seem less daunting or I have yeah. more creativity for managing those too I have noticed 
Have you ever noticed that? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure that's happened to everyone where you're like, you're working on something and you're hitting your head against the wall, you know, trying to finish it. And then you take a break mm-hmm. and then suddenly you like, you're able to do the thing, you know, new yeah. ideas come or you just have a renewed energy or whatever. It's like, there you go. That's, that's the power of play. Sometimes it's, it is not beneficial to just keep grinding. Yeah. And, and sometimes a, a break is, is great um, to take a nap or whatever, if that's what it is. And then sometimes I find that it takes a, a little bit extra energy. Like I have to pour a little energy into the play. I just go, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do this thing. I'm gonna do this thing that's playful, you know, like you know, juggle a ball, try to juggle a ball, or um, you know, just bounce a ball against the wall, or um, you know, do some. Um, I don't know, dancing with my family or, you know, something like that. And, but, you know, it takes a little bit of like, oh, but I'm really tired. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I, I I don't know. Do you think that, do you ever notice that it kind of, if you take the break that is a little bit more playful, it builds more energy for your life rather than like the break that is a little bit more uh, zoned out on the couch or zoned out with your, um, you know, pillow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You ever noticed? I do think, I do think so because you're, you know, it'll release endorphins and different chemicals, right? If it involves exercise, for example, you're going to get a a different benefit. Not to say one's like better than the other. And, but I also hear you too, about getting started sometimes (laughs) you just don't feel like it. It's like all good things in life. Uh, you know, they often, you often don't want to do them for some reason, like things that are actually healthy for you. There's this barrier of like, Oh God, like I don't have the energy, but then once you get started, I think that's probably pretty true for most people. Once you get going and your body starts to release those chemicals and you're like, oh, you know what? I do actually feel better. So it's usually the discipline to get over that barrier of getting started, which can just be like a practice thing and building a habit. I think, you know, anything that becomes a habit then becomes much easier. So if you're in the habit of taking a playful break or whatever kind of break you need, then it's takes a little less energy, but yes, yeah, some days you just feel like I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you're right. And sometimes that might be truly what your body needs is. Yeah, for sure. Rest. But so for those who are interested in trying to establish a new habit of spin poi, what would you recommend? I would recommend for spin poi in particular, I would recommend that you first need some poi. So um, a few ways to go about that. If you feel like making them, if you're into that, uh, you can go to spinpoi.com and there's a video that shows you three ways to make DIY poi from stuff around the house, uh, different kinds, and they're all real easy to do. Or there's a lot of people that make poi out there. So you could probably look up your community and look up Poi spinning, P-O-I, and then spinning. See if you can find someone. They might be on Etsy or Facebook or something. Um, So you could support some local folks in their poi making. And then once you have your poi, um, it depends on how you like to learn. So uh, on spinpoi.com, there's a lot of video tutorials out there of, you know, just easy, simple ways to get started. And there's stuff for all ages and abilities. There's 
routines to music for kids and all kinds of things on there. So you could start there as a resource. You can also just play around. I always recommend this before you look at anything or have any idea what you're doing. You just play around because once you know, you can't unknow. So before you start learning what you're quote unquote supposed to do, it can be nice to just let yourself be like, what does this feel like to just move around and spin around and just have that moment? But that scares people sometimes. Some some people want more detailed instruction. <laughs> and there's also tons of other YouTube videos and there's probably a community around you as well. Uh, circus can be easier to Google than Poi, but circus people often know Poi. So you can look for uh, circus or flow arts. There's often flow jams where people get together like in a park or community space and they're doing poi and other similar activities so you can learn in person that way. Or you can just send me an email and I'll try to help you out. <laughs> a lot of people do that. They're like, I live in X and I want to do poi. What can I do? Sometimes I know people, sometimes I don't, but you can always try that. Oh. Do you want to share your email here? Yes, it's Kate, K-A-T-E, at spinpoi.com. Great. I love it. Well, we're going to get just like total uh, parks full of circles of um, poi spinners. <laughs> and I think from my pod, jugglers and, uh, you know, musicians and, yeah, artists. It'd be beautiful. Amazing. I'm all about it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Has play ever felt hard to you? Or does play ever feel hard? We kind of talked a little bit about that, just like about getting started and how that can be a little bit daunting. But um, what has it been for you? Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, I go way up and down with my mood like it's a roller coaster all the time so yeah when I'm not feeling great I definitely don't feel like playing and then play doesn't feel like play either mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I can like get myself out of it like I'm a musician as well so sometimes I can turn up to band practice and be feeling crap and then halfway through I'm like feeling fine but then other times it just kind of builds upon the sense of doom that I'm already feeling, you know, because I feel depressed or lethargic or whatever. And then it gets into that negative state of mind, mm. like, uh, I'm no good at this and, mm. you know, nothing's working. And so I do think it's like largely tied to my emotional state, whether mm -hmm. it feels hard or not. Yeah. So like if the mood ring is showing a, a black stone, you know, <laughs> Be, yeah, exactly. It's going to be hard, but if it's like the green, happy love stone, it's going to be good. <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> Is there anything you can do or you do to like, you know, move the, the, you know, gray, gray days to more bright days? Hmm. I think my latest technique is always changing. <laughs> but my latest technique is actually just to not um, judge myself about how I'm feeling and try to push it into another state because mm -hmm. I feel like that kind of thinking makes it worse because it brings in some kind of like you should be mm. happy or you should be playing or you should you know you get that judge going in your mind yeah. and then that kind of like amplifies because then I feel guilty that I'm not doing it 
So my latest technique is actually to try to change the self-talk and be like, I don't feel like doing anything. Like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like try to let that play out instead of trying to wangle my way like out of it. And then I find it usually passes faster. Oh, that's nice. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So giving yourself permission to have whatever, you know, emotion that you might be feeling. Yeah. Yes. Sensible. Yeah. Wow. That was such a succinct way to say what I just said. Well, a lot of different perspectives that come from other um, voices that land as they land differently, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, basically all the questions I ask are pretty much how, how is play for you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Ask it a million different ways just to get kind of a different answer. I would love to um, know a little bit more. It sounds to me like spin point. So my occupational therapy brain is kind of thinking about that neurological piece and, you know, um, how does spin point and you've done you've done some some good research um that I'd love to you know hear more about and have our audience showcase a little bit more of the research um or have you showcase a little bit more of the research for our audience if you yeah don't mind. yeah yeah totally so I guess the the clinical trial that I did for my PhD is probably the the main chunk of work although I've done some smaller studies, uh, more qualitative studies after that in um, a hospital and in Parkinson's. But the clinical trial, it was a double-blind randomized controlled trial with healthy older community-dwelling adults. Um, average age was 69, I think. And there was two groups, two active uh, control groups. So there was a poi group and another group doing tai chi as a um, comparison activity. And none of the participants had ever done those activities before. So that was all new to everyone participating. And each group did an hour intervention twice a week. So they practiced Poyer Tai Chi uh, twice a week for one month. And the, they were measured um, pre and post uh, and also one month even prior to pre and one month post. But uh, And the things that were being measured were uh, a whole battery of tests. These were all tests that were non-invasive um, and safe to participate in and also common for older people uh, and things that older people might be concerned about. So there was things like your hand grip strength, your range of motion in your upper limb, your lower body strength. There was a whole battery of cognitive tests So uh, attention, memory, cognitive flexibility, things like that, that was all done on a computer. And then there was a questionnaire for social emotional well-being, the SF36. So those were the kind of measures. And yeah, the the statistically significant results that came out at the end of the study were that the POI group improved their grip strength. This was a composite of pinch grip and hand grip. They also improved their balance. So you can certainly do poise sitting down, but I was working with people standing up and we were shifting our weight and pivoting and crossing the midline and doing all kinds of things. And they improved their ability to sustain attention. So that's um that was the 
a cognitive result that came out. So that's the ability to yeah maintain or sustain your focus over time, which you need, you know, to do everything like having a conversation or driving mm. a car or just to do everything. The Tai Chi group uh, also improved their balance and they dropped their systolic blood pressure, uh, which is in line with the results that often come out for research on Tai Chi. Uh, blood pressure and balance are the two indicators that usually improve. So that's good. Um, yeah, that was kind of the study study design. And all of that stuff is written out. Uh, if you go to spinpoint.com, there's like a summary version, but then there's also the actual uh, full dissertation and article published in a peer-reviewed journal that you can read if you're into that kind of you want to see the the data it's there i am um what yeah do you want me to speak on any other parts of it i just saw so i just gave you an overview of the trial yeah that was that was perfect um what part was the most interesting to you um for me personally i did not have experience working with older adults <laughs> so there and also I did not have experience running clinical trials so I came from an arts background I did my I have an MFA a master of fine arts and was doing kind of interdisciplinary art stuff uh, so I was in a whole new world for this PhD so what was interesting was um, teaching this population for the first time and uh, kind of understanding you know the pace of learning as you age um, yeah. but also understanding that just because somebody isn't necessarily doing the trick, for example, they're not that 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 does not mean they're not getting the same cognitive benefit. Yeah. Um, the same areas of the brain light up, whether you're you know yeah. trying something and actually doing the exact move, or you're not doing it quite, but you're you know you're trying to do it. So uh, I needed to learn about that. <laughs> so I was like, no one's able to do these things. Oh my god, um, you know, but they're still getting the cognitive benefit. And yeah, just running a clinical That's trial really was fascinating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to tease that out. Like, that is a really good point that sometimes uh, there can be, I mean, the literature really does point to the fact that sometimes there really can be neurological benefits in, in brain and, you know, um, the health of the um, plasticity of the brain is showing that just even attempting to do um, something new, something in a different way, even if it doesn't look perfectly like the thing you're trying to emulate, it actually has um, good stuff that it brings forth for your brain health, which is so incredible. Um, Absolutely. We used to think with older people, you know, there's, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, that phrase, right? Yeah, exactly. um, it, yeah I think that was probably a misconception from Yes, the, the rate of learning does slow down as we age. And so I think that saying probably came from that, right? Um, but there's been so many studies, like you said, one that I like to cite a lot, there's a study on juggling that was exactly about this. It was younger people and older people learning a three ball cascade pattern. And by the end, not many of the older people could actually do the three ball cascade. And most of the younger people could, but they actually did brain scans and almost all the same areas of the brain were lighting up. Uh, and so we know now there's that we can keep working on our neuroplasticity, you know, through old age and to not let that, the way the activity looks be an indicator of the benefits. Yeah. I love that. Um, so have you ever caught yourself playing and shamefully decided to stop or had to make a different decision or? <laughs> That's interesting. 
I think it'd probably normally come after the fact. Because as I'm doing it, I like probably wouldn't realize because I'd be like absorbed in it. I get I can't like think of a time when that happened, but I've I have probably thought of times where upon reflection, I was like, oh, was I being really weird? Because I was just like <laughs> absorbed in this thing. I was just at like a, a a party the other day, and I feel really awkward at parties. I don't. Yeah, one on one conversation is good, but in groups, I feel really lost and weird and uncomfortable but um there's these balloons that you are teaching people in presumably in groups right yeah I'm really uncomfortable like I'm uncomfortable teaching I do tons of public speaking um presentations Mm -hmm. teaching I'm uncomfortable in all of it it's also a matter of practice like I've done it a lot so yeah um that helps um but yeah I was at this I was at a party and uh, there was these balloons and there was a pen and you could like start drawing on the balloons. So I like started doing that quietly. And then someone came with a kid and the kid was also really into drawing on the balloons. And I spent like 90% of the party because she ended up moving to the floor. There was um something projecting on the ceiling, like different shapes. And so she laid on the floor, like, mm-hmm. you know, because kids just do things and was looking at the shapes on the ceiling and drawing those on her balloon, like to get inspiration. So then I ended up laying on the floor. And then, you know, that like, that's how I spent most of the party. And there was only one pen. So we were going back and forth, um, drawing on these balloons. And then, yeah, when I left at the end of the night, I was like, hmm, like I didn't actually be like engage with like any adults <laughs> just laying on the floor with this balloon. But I was quite happy in the moment. Yeah, I mean, I totally understand that too. You know, children have this way of really like they they can either take your hand or not, but um they can be so inspiring to really show us like how to get into that flow state or that into that mindset of discovery that play allows, I think. And I think yeah, it totally makes sense that you're you have you are in some touch with when I think about myself, you know, I'm I worked at a hospital for 24 years, long time, you know, in schools before that. And, you know, just my work was kind of so um, a little more regimented, you know, mm. and I didn't, you know, so like the idea of play or losing myself in play or going to spend a lot of time playing um, before I even tried to do it, I would turn it off. I'd say, no, you know, I'm not supposed to do that. Yeah can't do that or you know those kinds of things or that looks weird or you know stuff like that yeah it's interesting that um you I I don't know I just think that's interesting that you um had already kind of engaged in the whole evening and then later was like oh maybe that was something that others so I just wonder if that's kind of like you know, having more in touch with your childlike, you know, some people talk about play as being sort of um, being in touch with your uh, child self or your mm-hmm. child or um, it's just, it's kind of, it's lovely. Yeah. I spend a lot of time thinking about all the qualities that we kind of lose as we grow up. There's something there's just something so profound about, you know, a baby like isn't able to judge things, right? In any manner. They they see a flower and they're not even thinking that is beautiful. They're just thinking it is, 
you know, that is, that is what it is. Right. And yeah, we grow out of that and we're told, you know, so many things and we learn to follow the rules and what is and what isn't, what should be and what shouldn't be. And I'm quite curious about how much can we get back to that state uh, that we were in before. Obviously you can't unknow what you know, but it is something on my mind. And I guess I also feel like uncomfortable doing a lot of things that grownups are meant to do. So like for me, drawing on that balloon was much more comfortable than doing anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's just part of my like weird personality or <laughs> being, being like slightly on the spectrum or something that like when I am out, that's, that's why I turned to poi originally because I would bring my poi with me as well. It felt good to do. And when I was out in social situations, I felt uncomfortable. I would just do poi, which was mm-hmm. probably quite weird. Like I would, but just go in a corner somewhere and just start spinning poi. Mm-hmm. Um, for mm-hmm. me, that that felt safe. Did you notice that it attracted people to you? Yeah, it always does. And my my instructors and other poi artists will say that as well. Like if you're in the park and you're just doing some poi, someone always comes up to you and is like, oh, what is that? Can I try that? Um, but I also felt like those kinds of engagements are were okay as well because it's, you know, someone wanting to learn or somebody curious and like sometimes it was tiring. It's like, oh, I'm just trying to do my thing. <laughs> Don't talk to me. <laughs> but, you know, it's also nice when people are curious about what you're doing. Yeah, I think that's uh, so often. The I think there's a lot of ways that play connects us, like on that human level and on that kind of. Yeah. I think that observing someone who's playing and really kind of lost in the play in the moment, really being lost in the moment is very attractive. I think. Yeah. And, and then there's another piece to it. I wonder is, um, being a partner to my play gives me a sense of friendship that I think is so valuable. So, and then, and then from there I can launch some sort of collaboration. That's totally, that's my theory. I, I agree with you. It's such a, a bonding tool, um, especially because play also often involves some kind of movement as well. So then you get, you know, synchronized. There's all these benefits of synchronized movement beyond just the movement itself that are really amazing. Um, yeah, and it just breaks down those barriers, huh, when you're in that space with somebody. Yeah, the barriers of, like you had said, like all the labels, all the ways that we... Yeah you know, learn those rules, those tracks that we're supposed to live in. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. I love this. What I, <laughs> our conversation is so interesting and um, I love what I get to do. <laughs> I'm so happy that you love what you get to do. That's awesome. I mean, I don't get paid a dime for this at all. I'm just doing it for fun. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to have stuff like that in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So is there such a thing as mean play? Mean play. I'd say by nature, no, but I think people can co-opt play. Mm-hmm. Like I think play itself, no, but I think people can maybe use it, you know, to be mean or mm-hmm. mean things can come out in play but I would say the nature of the activity itself no it's what we are 
bringing to it. Yeah. Like the imprintation or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a, you know, it's a safe space for people to try stuff. Right. So Mm -hmm. that could be anything that could be something mean spirited or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's a chance for different personas to come out to test boundaries and borders. So Mm. yeah, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, what do you like to play, Kate, that's not with a device, like not with a poi? Oh, I love dancing, mm. uh, specifically Latin dancing. So like salsa, bachata, I love kisomba. Um, so that's super fun and you don't need a thing. Oftentimes a partner's nice, but you don't even need that if you don't want it. And I love making music. So that requires some equipment, I guess, depending on, I mean, you could just sing. I I like singing as well, or use your body to do percussion or whatever. But I also like other instruments too. And I like playing music with other people as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think I kind of get quite playful out in nature. That doesn't require anything. I think it puts me in a playful state of mind. So just going for a walk and noticing things Mm -hmm. around me macro micro like observing the beauty and everything hearing the sounds feeling the feelings the wind you know I just like feel quite playful inside even though I might just be walking or like pausing somewhere Mm -hmm. those are some of my favorite things I'd say nice what do you like to play like say at the DMV or the airport or oh that's such a good question (laughs) I really like observing people. That feels really fun. So I'll happily just sit somewhere and like look around and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can make up stories. I guess those would also be judgments about people where they're going. I find it fascinating, those places that are kind of portals, like airports. I find airports so fascinating. Everybody is like transporting through time and space and they're like leaving someone or going to someone and they're out of their comfort zone. And I just find it amazing. Uh and I also sometimes like to put on music in those spaces and just feel the music or the rhythm or sometimes experiment with things that I'm learning. So like I do kapahaka, which is Maori performing arts. Um, so sometimes there's like kapahaka movements or words that I'm trying to work on or remember or like a rhythm in my band that I'm trying to play. So I'll just be like tapping that out or like humming that out and being um influenced by like what's around me it's cool to do those things in different spaces like I love being like on a train or something and working on something because you get that feeling like you're moving through space but yeah sometimes if you're sitting in a in a even a crappy place like a DMV you can get inspired by just being in that other environment and connecting to the music or the activity or whatever like it's an interesting juxtaposition so yeah I guess I'm still pretty good at entertaining myself anywhere that I am I also bring books with me a lot. I do. I like reading. I always have a book with me. Yeah. A scholarly pursuit sounds like. (laughs) That's great. Well, is this is the last question. Is there anyone that I should bring on the pod? Anyone who's really good at playing that you have noticed that I should ask too? Yes, I do have a recommendation. His name is Jacob Weiss. Maybe Craig already mentioned him. I don't know because we run in similar circles, but he 
does something called hand-eye body. And he works with juggling. He's a juggler and circus artist by nature. Um, but he works with, yeah, juggling as a tool for play specifically um, and well-being. And he works with all different populations, works with athletes a lot and kids and the work he's doing with all these exercises uh, with one ball and two balls are just like awesome. He's an amazing person. Jacob Weiss. Well, thank you so much. This was such a gift. It was such a treat. And I appreciate you being flexible, the time and everything. And gosh, I um makes me want to find a poi, find out how to do spin poi. I'm definitely going to go to your website. Awesome. Thank you for putting your energy into this topic. Uh mm -hmm. And thanks for connecting. I always appreciate this space to be able to share about things that I love and feel are important. Yay. Well, until we meet again. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure we will. Through yeah. through play or some, something else. Who knows? Some ether land. Some sort. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Now, I want you to get out there and play, everybody. Let's build a world that's a little lighter, a little less harsh, and a little more connected. Let's build the world that we want to have. And don't forget to follow Playfully on Spotify or Apple or wherever you're listening right now. Our episodes come out on Wednesdays every week so you can get inspired to play right over that hump through the rest of the week. I'd love to know what you think. So would you please leave me a comment and if you like the episode, share it with one or two others. And take care, everybody.